Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everybody to Girl Power Half Hour. This is our topic Tuesday, and Tasha and I are really excited about this topic. Uh, there are so many aspects of it that we, we're going to continue to bring more information throughout the year on this topic, and we're really excited about it. And I'm going to remind you right now that tomorrow is Wellness Wednesday. And we're going to be talking about seven things to give you more energy in the morning. So Tasha and I both need to do those things on a regular basis so we can mm-hmm. have more yes, energy. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but right now we're going to be talking about addiction and how it affects women. We're going to be talking about, I think Sarah said, the differences between how it affects women and how it affects men, which I think is really fascinating. Um, For the most part, most of us only know what addiction is uh, through the television shows like Intervention, or we may see family members going through addiction, or even ourselves going through addiction, and we're not understanding what it does to us and how it does things to us, And, and we really need that understanding so that we can not only help ourselves, but help others too. So, Tasha, I'm going to turn it over to you so you can introduce our guest. Great. Okay, first of all, everyone, happy Tuesday. This is a show I've been looking forward to for weeks now. Um, I hope everyone has been excited about this as, as well because it's such an important topic. It certainly affects us so greatly, more so than people even really know, in fact, it is honestly listed in in the disease in the Center for Diseases that it is the top disease. It's actually the deadliest disease in our country, and and uh, it is certainly the most rampant. And so it is very important. It affects all of us in some way or another. If if it's not affecting us personally, it's affecting someone in our lives, whether it be a family member or a friend or coworker. And I really think it's an important topic. And I'm so glad Sarah Scove has agreed to come on and talk to us. And let me clarify, we have listed that she's an LPC. She's actually an LPC intern. That would be an LPCI. Um, what that means is that she's still interning her hours to be licensed, um, but she is interning and, and therefore uh, very ex- very uh, knowledgeable of this field and a great person to have on this show. I'm just so excited that she's agreed to do this. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. I want to go ahead and let you get started so that you can tell us everything that you wanted to share with us today. So you have the floor. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. It's an awesome Tuesday. It's an awesome Tuesday in sobriety, I can tell you that, because I am in sobriety. Um, I have been in recovery since 2007. I'm in my second year of my Ph.D., so yes, ladies, it can happen for sure. Um, Tasha, one of the things that you just mentioned about it being such a deadly disease, it is, and and, um, and, and the thing about addiction, and today I'm going to be specifically talking about alcoholism, it, it is very preventable. It's preventable and it's treatable. Um, some of the things I'm going to share today will give light to why we lose so many people, why it is so devastating. Um, but mm-hmm. but to go to what you were saying, um, there, are, there are approximately 2.5 million women in the United States that meet the criteria for alcohol dependence unknowingly. Wow. They don't know this. They don't. They they don't have a clue. Um, a third of American women in the nation, a third of our women in the nation, report regular alcohol consumption. 
And when you, when you think about that, it's quite staggering. Um, what are the reasons for this? Well, my first go-to reason is society, if not your culture. But society says that it's okay. Society says, you know, here, let's put alcohol in every store that we turn around or, or drop into. Let's, um, let's make their liquor stores on every corner in every city. Um, you know, and, and, and then on top of that, if you've got a culture where alcohol consumption is a regular thing, then you're growing up, virtually growing up with alcohol as a part of your cultural basis. Right. And so there are many, many reasons um, that alcohol is, is consumed, um, but there are also many reasons why people don't think that they have a problem. Um, today I want to specifically talk about um, how alcohol affects women as compared to men. I'm not going to talk so much about how it affects men particularly because, let's face it, I'm a woman, y'all are ladies. We're talking to the ladies here. So That's we're right. going to keep it about the women and empower them. Um, one of the things that um, is extremely scary for me as a clinician in addiction counseling is that the progression from Recreational drinking, you know, you're going out to happy hour, you're um, drinking during the football games, you're going out on the weekends to go dancing, or you're just, you know, you're entertaining a lot at home and there's always alcohol there. Progressing from that to alcoholism, as defined by the DSM, um, is much quicker for women than men. So why is that? Well, for one, women on average weigh less. If I have a man that is standing next to me, I'm 5'6", and he's 5'6", okay, he is going to most likely weigh more than myself, even if he has a smaller frame and so forth. Um, the reason for this is that women store less water. Men store more water. Why? Because their bodies are more dense, okay? Um it, that's, it's just the way that we're made. We're made differently and very uniquely. And so a man can be standing next to me and we can be, you know, having drink after drink, you know, staying together drinking, and I am going to have a higher blood level, alcohol level, than he is in my blood. Why? Wow. Okay, let's talk about that. Um like I said, I'm going to store less water, but at the same time, I'm going to have more fatty tissue in my body. Alcohol is soluble in water. So obviously, he, the alcohol that's going into his body is dissolving at a faster rate than mine, okay? I also have lower levels of a metabolizing enzyme called gastric mucosal alcohol metabolizing enzyme. That is an enzyme that specifically breaks down alcohol of any kind because, as you know, our, our bodies do produce a certain level of, <clears throat> excuse me, different kinds of alcohol that our body naturally breaks down. Well, when we put alcohol in our body, I'm going to break down my alcohol much slower than the guy that's sitting next to me drinking. So, again, that's going to result in a higher blood level or alcohol level in my blood than in his the scariest thing about that is if you do that night after night, weekend after weekend, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Over time, I have a much higher rate of my liver, be, liver being affected than him. 
because mm-hmm. my body is having to work so much harder, for one, at breaking down the alcohol that I put in my body, but also, number two, it's, because of that, it's going to stay in my body longer. And our bodies right. are not designed to consume and absorb alcohol at extended periods of time. Okay. Okay. So that that kind of gives you an idea of what's going on in the woman's body, even when she's just having quote unquote fun. Right. Um, the consequences for women are astronomical, um, and and like you said, and I've agreed that we often don't even know that this is happening in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, a, like I said, a higher rate of developing alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. Um, mm-hmm. There is a greater effect on women's skeletal and cardiac muscle. Um, there's an accelerated brain atrophy in women. And there is, in women, there's an earlier onset of cognitive deficits. Now, granted, the four consequences that, I, that, are, that are medical or biological that I just mentioned um, those are going to happen at an alcoholic state. Right. So I'm, I've, I've, I've crossed that fine line now from um, recreational drinking, quote, you know, having fun. You cross this, this invisible line over into alcoholism. And so right. once I'm there, these are the things that are, that are going to affect me faster than the guy sitting next to me, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's important that that we as women know our bodies and that we understand what's happening to our bodies when we put things in them. I'm sure that you guys will have more shows about that in terms of food, um, you know, medications or, or whatever, herbs, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing with alcohol. But the scary thing is, is that if you couple societal expectations, um, cultural norms, with what I've just gone through with with what it does to our body, if we don't know that that's happening, then we have an extremely high rate of ruining our bodies when we just thought we were having fun. That's true. So that's that's disturbing to me, but it happens every day, and that's why I'm here. (laughs) That's Um, exactly right. Another... Another area that I wanted to talk about. Do you guys have any questions at all about any of that? Well, I do, actually. I uh, First of all, thank you so much for that particular information because I personally did not know. I had heard, you know, in terms of metabolizing alcohol um, and it being at a different rate, I was not thinking about um, the fact that, you know, I mean, I, clearly I knew, in other words, that women get drunk faster. That's what I knew. Um, what I was not thinking about is, okay, well, if you get drunk faster, then that means the alcohol is taking effect quicker. That means that it's having more of an effect on you, your body, your mind, and therefore any of the damage that could be physically done, even that line that you could cross, the invisible line that you were talking about that takes you from uh, substance use, from abuse, then to alcoholism would happen quicker as well. I did not put that together. And so that's, you know, extremely interesting, I think, for those for those who did not know and for those who did know that, okay, well, that makes sense, you know, and that is scary because I don't think that we think about that, that, you know, you can easily be doing some severe chronic damage that you don't come back from. Yes, that's absolutely correct. And and, and going to, you know, the reason that I wanted to cover that part is that, that it is very interesting. It's important that we know our bodies and what's happening to them. 
but but it just goes to my point that this is preventable. If if you are a woman out there and and a part of your daily routine is to go to happy hour and have five or six drinks, but you get home and you get up and you go to work and you stay functional, that's wonderful that you're staying functional, but your body is wreaking havoc. I mean, it is it's hurting, although you may not feel it. The problem with cirrhosis of the liver is that oftentimes once you get to the doctor, because you do have symptoms, the damage has already begun in your liver. And and we don't often think about that, you know. You can right. be the healthiest person, you can be a you can be you can eat the all the right things, you can get all the right sleep, you can you know, you can exercise every single day and be extremely healthy, but if you're consuming three, four, five glasses of wine a night, even though you're prioritizing and you're able to get up the next day and be productive, your body is suffering. Right. And and, and I'm not knocking, you know, winemakers and, and I'm not doing any of that. Um, they, they have a wonderful purpose in our society. But for people that are doing this on a regular basis, and to me that means two to three times a week, Mm-hmm. then you need to understand what it is doing to your body because oftentimes by the time, like I said, by the time you get to the doctor with symptoms, that means that liver damage is already happening. Right. And it's very difficult to bounce back from. Sarah, but, I've got a question. I've got a question real quick. What sure. is genetics, how does genetics play into this? For instance, let's say uh, like in my family, I had two grandfathers who were alcoholics. Now, my mom and dad and my brother and myself, you know, uh, I don't drink. My brother drinks when he goes to have Mexican food every once in a while. Um, but how is that going to, is that going to make us, our bodies, even worse off because we were genetically predisposed to this? This is an excellent question, Annette. I love that. Um the reason that you're not an alcoholic today, Annette, is because you don't drink. Right. Okay. Um, if, but but it's important for you to know genetically, this this is a genetic disease. Okay, partly genetic. In other words, um, you know, I am an alcoholic. Um, my son's father is a drug addict and an alcoholic. And according to research and statistics, my son has an 85% chance of being one also. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is why prevention is so key, because if you are predisposed to the disease of addiction, because I am one that believes it's a disease. Others will argue, but that's okay. I, have, I agree. I've been, through, I've been through it myself, and I've counseled a lot of people, so I know, in my opinion, that is what it is. Um you even at your age in it, and I don't know even know how old you are, but even you are an adult. So even now, if you were to start drinking on a daily basis, just a glass of wine, okay, let's say, and 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 you, the next thing you know, you're having three glasses of wine, okay. You, the the gene and the your biological makeup is in such a way that. All you need is a little bit of time with a substance to be in your body for it to to go into alcoholism because you mm-hmm. are genetically predisposed to it. Right. And, and the same with your brother. Um, and 
the sad part about this convert this part of the conversation is that that's exactly why people think that alcoholism is a choice. Right. Because here you are, you know, you know your family history. You know that yeah. you're, you're predisposed to it, right? Well, um, I would give it up for adoption at birth, put into foster care, and then adopted. My adopted parents do not, there is no addiction on either side of their family, okay? Um, wonderful folks and, and have raised me with such love and care. But I'll be darned if I didn't become an, a, an alcoholic. And it was not a part of my environment. It was not a part of my nurturing. It was not a part of any of that. But when I when I crossed the line, you know, I, when I was doing my substance use and, you know, let's face it, some abuse, it sure did go into alcoholism. And somebody else sitting next to me may have abused alcohol several times in their life, but they're not turning into alcoholics. Why? Right. Well, mm-hmm. it's because they've not been predisposed to it biologically. Makes sense. Yeah. So that and, and and so if if you're listening out there and you know that there is an addiction related um, area in your family, it, and it can be drugs, it can be alcohol, it does not matter. Addiction is addiction. Okay. Right. Not the substance we're putting in our body. It's what happens to our body when we do. Um, if you you know if you're out there and and you know this about your family history you you do you do have an opportunity to prevent any further problems from passing down the line because you do know what it can turn into and I'm here to tell you that it will give it enough time and you know um Sarah it's interesting because I think sometimes people forget you know, we we call it a disease. I agree with you. I'm I'm totally come from the medical model. It is a disease in my book as well. Um, I don't see it as a moral choice. I don't see it as a moral dilemma. I see it as a disease. And the reason that I do is for the same reason that you do, in the sense that I come from a family of addiction. And I've told the listeners before. I'm I'll actually be sharing my story on Thursday. I thought it would fall in line really well with since we're having you on for Topic Tuesday. So I'm discussing a lot of ACOA stuff on Thursday with regard to my particular story. And I come from, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't done it yet on this show, so it's it's hopefully going to be good. It's certainly a good experience for me when I get to do that. Um, but I, I know, you know, I see it because I, I see it as a disease because I come from a family of it, and there was so much addiction in my family. And, and it was very easy for me to accept it as such because, I also come from a family of diabetics and a family of heart disease. You know, tons, I mean, I literally every single person that has died in my family either died from diabetes, addiction, in other words, cirrhosis of the liver, emphysema, or heart disease. All three of those things are diseases that run in my family. And as such, I don't drink. It's not to say that I never did, but I don't now. And I run and I eat right, and I don't eat a ton of sugar and I try to watch my weight because I know that I'm susceptible to all three of those diseases mm-hmm. because they run in my family. That's absolutely correct. And and for listeners out there, let me tell you, if you think that if you have this notion that sobriety or not drinking is not any fun, 
Tasha Humphreys is absolutely by far, bar none, the funnest <laughs> woman I have ever been around in my life, and she does not drink. Put that on the record, right? <laughs> yeah, she can get into just as much trouble as anybody. That is very true, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. (laughs) Do we have a few few more minutes for me to talk about? Yeah, we've got about, yeah, go for it. We've got about five more minutes, so go for it. Okay, that's wonderful because this is, um, I mean, it's all important, don't get me wrong, but this is what I really want the listeners to hear. One of the things that keeps women... Um, in this kind of cycle, which I'll explain in a minute, of of drinking um, are, are psychological factors, okay? We have so many societal expectations, you know, just because just because we're women. Um, and, and I would say most women, at least most women I know, they try very hard to meet those societal expectations. The roles and responsibilities that women have, um, whether they want them or not, are, are are huge. They're they're just huge in number. Women are very affective, meaning that we are we are emotional, and I don't mean overly emotional. I mean that we just in guiding who we are and what we do. A lot of that that's involved in that is emotion, and and so. If we're struggling with any of the areas that we feel like we need to fulfill, a lot of times women will turn to a glass of wine, okay? They'll turn to a cocktail. Um, and, and, it's, and it's to help us cope with the children running around the house that you just cleaned that is now a mess. And now you've got to go off to class and you're going to study until at least 2 in the morning because you got to get your kids down first and all of this stuff that we're trying to do to to help society, it can really be a burden sometimes. And so women oftentimes turn to the most accepted uh, form of medication in society, which is alcohol. Um, the problem with that is that it's very easy to get on what I call um, the alcoholic loop. Okay, You may not be an alcoholic yet. But, it, but if you stay on the loop, it's kind of like being on Loop 289 in Lubbock, Texas. When you get on, you cannot get off, okay? <laughs> so you, 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 you're stressed out, and so you just have a couple of drinks in the evening, okay? And then you get stressed out again, so you have another couple the next day. And eventually it turns into you drink because you're stressed, and you're stressed because you're drinking. Right. Because we do have um, a high moral compass. And we do guide our identity based upon how we feel about things a lot of the time. Now, that's not to say we're not intelligent, because let me tell you, we are some smart chicks. But I'm saying that that for the most part, women, as compared to men, again, we do have a more affective side than men who are more cognitive a lot of the time, which means logic and rational and, and, and that kind of stuff. Their research shows that greater there's a greater amount of depression and anxiety reported in women who have used alcohol than in men. So again, you picture that circle, picture that loop. You're depressed, so you drink. That makes you anxious, so you drink to calm yourself down. Then you're depressed and you drink. You're anxious, you drink. You're depressed, and you get on this circle, and it just, it's 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 hard to get off that loop without proper help. 
And that's what I want to go into next. Help is available, okay? I know that there are so many stigmas out there that prevent women from reaching out and getting help for alcoholism or drug addiction. Um, You know, you don't want to be one of those. You know, if you're listening, you may be thinking, I am not one of those. Or um, my family, people in my family just don't do this. Or um, my husband's family will absolutely be appalled if they ever know. Or, um, you know, I can't be getting my Ph.D. and be a counselor and raise a little boy by myself and be an alcoholic too, you know. Ignore the stigmas. Ignore them. As Tasha mentioned at the beginning, a lot of those stigmas, they were started by men. And the reason for that is that back in the 30s, 20s and 30s, the women that drank were less than. So you had closet drinkers at the wazoo. I mean, literally, that's where closet drinker comes from. Women would go in the closet and, you know, nip, nip, and come out and continue with her duty. Right. And so... It, it, women, I mean, uh, alcoholism does not discriminate. It just does not discriminate. So I say throw the stigmas and the stereotypes and all of the things that keep you in alcoholism out of the window. Help is a phone call away. It truly, truly is. And I'm saying that as, as, a, as a, a, a practitioner in the field. Um, you have residential treatment that is an excellent a wraparound service that can help you um, not only get away from the alcohol, but also get away from the problems that that you may be facing so that you can heal and that you can, you know, come back to who you were to begin with. Individual counseling, group counseling, family counseling if needed. AA and NA meetings are excellent resources. Um, if you if you want to find an AA meeting in your area, if you just simple Google, simply Google, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, it will take you to a a Google search page, and one of the options you can click on is Alcoholics Anonymous, how to find an AA meeting, and it will will give you a chance to put in where you live, and you can can get the schedule in your city. But treatment is – I've had very good success in the treatment that I've provided as well as the treatment that I've received. Um, Treatment leads to – realizing who you really are and what you really can do. Um, I'm one of those that if you are abusing alcohol, get some treatment because it's past fun now. Right. If, if, you know, if you're, if you're waking up every morning with a hangover because you went to happy hour, go talk to somebody. You know, those of us that are in the field of addictions counseling, we understand there are no stigmas in my office, I can tell you that. We don't, we do, we do not, I do not believe in, um, in trying to perpetuate um, stereotypes and, frankly, ignorance that society likes to, to, to put on us um, by even entertaining, discussing the moral issue of alcoholism. It kills, it takes away who you are, and it is treatable. And so if there are any... Yes. I'm sorry. I was just going to interrupt and tell you, we we have about two minutes left, and so I I, want to ask, because, Sarah, that's 
that's exactly right. You know, it is something that's so deadly, it affects so many. I mean, just that staggering number you gave us in the in the beginning, it affects so many. So there really is no reason not to get help. And because it affects so many and because it is so deadly, there is so much information out there. And Sarah, I would I was just wondering if maybe you could put something together for us, you know, even if it's just a list of what you were saying, residential, you know, individual counseling, uh, AA or NA meetings, if you could just put a list like that for us together and send it to us or post it on our page, that would be so helpful for our listeners to go on. Remember, everyone, we do have a Facebook page. It is Girl Power Half Hour. And um, if you could do that for us, then we can have some, you know, resources for people to go and find. And I would also like to ask in this last minute that we have if you would come back on our show at some point and uh, do – Talk some more on this topic, maybe even do a Q&A where listeners can call in. Would you be okay to do anything like that? I would absolutely be honored. Awesome. Would we would love it. love that. Good. Okay. Well, then that's what we'll do. We'll have you back on. I, I really want to thank you for coming on today and giving us all this information. Um, you've actually enlightened and educated me. And, you know, here, I mean, I feel like I know so much about the field, and that's why I was just so thankful that you could get in and, and be on this show because I knew that you would I knew that you would educate and enlighten me because you have so much more information than I do and I hope everyone out there has enjoyed this and I, I hope that it's helped someone even if you yourself don't struggle with this disease, even if you yourself have no family members that deal with this, I'm I'm guaranteeing you you have a friend or a coworker that is and this is certainly helpful to have this information and to know. Um I want to remind you to check out the Facebook page and stay updated with us. The rest of our show for the or the rest of the week is on there for you so that you'll know what to expect. Join us tomorrow for Wellness Wednesday. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful Tuesday evening, and we will hear back from you tomorrow when you tune in, and we'll see you then.